Welcome to this podcast. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHA. And joining me today is Grant Forsyth, the Director of Workplace Relations of AMA and the CEO of Asmo Victoria. Welcome, Grant. Thanks, Stuart. Nice to be here. Um, we're talking about a couple of clauses that are common uh, between the Doctors in Training and Medical Specialists Agreement uh, concerning climate change, and that's for the Doctors and Training Agreement, a clause 16A and 15A for the medical specialists. But I'm mindful that before we get to clauses, there is there needs to be a claim. What's the background to the claim for for these provisions? Um, yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, look, I, I think uh, fair to say that um, the Doctors and Training subdivision, AMA subdivision, uh, was the main. Um, uh, push. That's where the, the push for a clause like this came from. Um, there's a, a, a very strong belief uh, in that group, and indeed specialists, but um, in that group that they wanted to see something a bit more tangible uh, around uh, climate change and sustainability in their employment um, conditions. Um, and uh, you know, also the Doctors for the Environment was another group that um, we, we'd been engaging with. Um, and it came from the consultation meetings that we had before bargaining. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say there's a there's a there's a real um, acknowledgement from the doctors and training group um, that there's a real connection between climate change and, and health impact. Uh, and um, although there is also, there was some sort of questioning around whether we could create a, a, a clause that would actually have some work to do, um, I think we've managed to um, get there in the end. But um, yeah, that, that's basically where the push for this type of clause came from. It's the, the, the junior doctors, if you like. And you mentioned both the junior doctors as well as the doctors for the environment uh, who were both active, not just in the process that you described, but actually in the negotiations itself. Exactly. Yep. Um, uh, I think they came. The doctors for the environment came to a, at least one meeting, but maybe more. They were involved in the drafting of the clause, uh, um, and uh, you know, clearly we we had doctors in training in the room at most bargaining uh, um, most bargaining uh, meetings that we had. So um, they they made sure that we were pushing ahead with this. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just in terms of, um, you know, as an enterprise agreement term is, is sort of the interesting thing. It's obviously um, an area that uh, has evolved and, and will continue to evolve. Um, but just in terms of, uh, I guess, the work in an enterprise agreement, I, I guess it does. It's a recognition um, that of the role that climate has, both in terms of a health issue and as, in terms, of, I assume, of uh, impacting on the health workforce, but also involvement. Uh, in terms of getting to a better place, in terms of mitigating the effects of climate change, I suppose. Yeah, and and key to the clause, I think, is this is is actually that engagement at a workplace level about you know the actual mm -hmm. things that um, that employers and employees can do to try and um, uh, create a more sustainable workplace. Um, so. Uh, for us, it was important to at least have um, uh, that built into the clause that there would be um, committees or or uh, or groups set up within health services to to have to start the conversation at least uh, about what what can happen um, mm. in in the space. 
Yeah, I think conversation is a really is a really key term that in, that sort of engagement uh, component. And we'll unpack the clause in, in just a moment. But uh, Graham, just in terms of enterprise agreements uh, as such, and the the work that this has to do, I think there's some uh, information from Workplace Express about um, the increasing frequency with which these type of provisions are becoming are starting to become part of uh, the enterprise agreement landscape. Yeah, um, uh, so I, I think um, the information is is about seven percent of registered mm. enterprise agreements um, contain environmental clauses like ours, um, and um, yeah, I guess most of them would well about forty five percent would link to the workplace safety uh, to the environment as well. So um, yeah, I think mm. um, that, that that's that's my understanding. So I think we're going to see. I think what that says to us is that there'll be there'll be more of it, not less of it, uh, mm. as, we, as we go forward. Um, I mean, I think when we uh, when we introduced the clause, I don't. I, I we we were unable to find any like clauses. So mm. it might be uh, my understanding, and we definitely said this at the time to our membership um, that it was the first in the in, in our um, in medicine at least, or in the public system. Um, the, so yeah, look, it looks like clearly that the, there's been more, and I would say uh, a lot of AMAs around the country and ASMOFs around the country are looking to include these types of clauses in their agreements. So that is mm -hmm. something that will will, will take off, I think. Uh, I agree, I, and that's a really good point. I, I recall when the negotiations were occurring and we were looking at other uh, agreements, they they weren't they were somewhat different to the clause that we developed here and, and sort of more overarching as opposed to as direct, perhaps as the, the clause that clauses that we've got for these agreements. Shall we um shall we go to the clause itself? Let's. All right. So we'll use 16A1 and uh, it sort of outlines uh, four things and we'll bring that clause up on screen. Uh, Grant, do you want to speak to the, the four elements there in terms of climate change mitigation and sustainability? Um, I, I guess um, the, I guess the point about information sharing, um, mm. discussion and cooperation um, is what we were talking about before. Um, uh, it's about creating a space, I guess, to have the, to start these conversations or engagement around um uh you know you know um the the issues at play um uh you know we 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 i guess the co the the opening statement is about you know what we think are the are the connections um to uh to the to the workplace for for climate and and sustainability so you know we're talking about the well health and well-being um climate change has an impact and, and we're 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 acknowledging that um so um point a there the climate change uh, does have an effect on the health and well-being of victorians point b um, being health services um uh ha have a, a significant impact and I, I i i won't quote the number but it is a fairly large um uh amount of the um, impact that uh, hospitals or health services have on um, on waste and, and energy use, uh, and then uh, uh, clause C, their climate change um, act as a long term 
uh, reduction target uh, with a view to get to zero um, by 2050. So we need to do mm -hmm. something um, to make sure we get there or, and take some some solid steps about that. So that's also um, considered and um, acknowledging that the health doctors and health services have a, have a genuine role to play in achieving the target. So, um, you know, I think that sort of uh, sort of um, paints a picture of what we're mm. we're trying to achieve uh, in in the clause. I think what's interesting for me is that each of those four subpoints represent a distinct element. Uh, you know, one is about that connect connection, as you pointed out, between health and, and climate change. Uh, but point B is about health services as being uh, as being emitters, as being resource intensive industries. Point C is about where you know the long term where it's all heading, and also about the the, the need for for engagement, which is yeah, really 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 interesting. Um, does that take us? Um, so that really that acknowledgement really does set the scene with those elements. Does that take us then to the uh, second subclause, which is entitled uh, continuous improvement? Yeah, I think so. I guess uh, I was just going to um, uh, refer to the, um, the the clause starts about referring to the um, BPEC, which is Best Practice mm. uh, Employment Committee. Um, do you want to sort of explain what that actually is? Yeah, so um, I think pretty much all the agreements have a Best Practice Employment a commitment and a committee that uh, undertakes a range of activities during the life of the agreement. So really that's uh, that com uh, committee is made up of uh, yourselves and ourselves and the department. Uh, we have agendas, we meet on a on a planned basis during the year. And one of the items that we that we work on that we discuss uh, uh, includes activities under under this clause. And then reference to uh, WIC workplace implementation committees. Um, uh, are they uh, are they um, ongoing? Supposed to be ongoing. Yeah, workplace implementation committees. I think are probably in terms of whether they their their primary purpose is about implementing the agreement, um, and uh, sometimes that takes longer uh, in some places than others. And probably, I'm not sure what your experience is, some places set them up very quickly, they do their work, there may not be much for the Workplace Implementation Committee to do on an ongoing basis. So it might then convene on an as-needs basis. Some places will have some issues that the Health Service and AMA are working on together, and they might, um, they might continue that work. And then just because health services are different sizes, um, some places might convene a workplace implementation committee at a, at a later point uh, and such. But yeah, it's probably a bit mixed, I would say. Yeah, look, I think I, that I would agree with that. There, there have been more, we've, we've been attending more meetings under this agreement than uh, we have in the past. So that's really positive. Um, yeah. I guess that for, the, for this clause, um, the observation would be that uh, some form of committee um, needs to be be having these discussions. So whether it's a workplace implementation committee, which I think probably fits um, that some other, we, we would like to see some some other local um, uh, group uh, or committee set up to um, to continue the discussions around this stuff. And that's clearly a requirement of the of the clause as well. Yeah, I think one of the things we were mindful of when we were when we were working on it together was that. Um, 
different health services are at different stages and some will be quite advanced in, in terms of their engagement with the subject and they might have established a local body um, which includes includes doctors but also other occupations as such so it's about not interfering with that process but also having making sure that there is uh, absolutely a forum of some kind for engagement uh, as as such uh, just in terms of, uh, so you've had a bit of an experience. Have you had any uh, experiences to date with an alternative to the week, or has it been primarily focused on the week? Um, it, I, I guess um, it w I would say we've only met around the week, and I've got to say um, uh, the the conversation, most conversations uh, haven't been about this particular clause. Um, so I think you know for for us it's about um, just um, well our intention is to reach out to health services and we have um, through the senior staff associations um, they've been the the main way that we've got into the health services to say have we have you got a committee set up have you got one already do we need to set one up so um, so we meet regularly with the committee of chairs which is the chairs of the senior staff associations. Um, and um, th they've been speaking to their their hospitals about that, uh, about setting up those committees or what, what's what's work's being done. Um, mm. So um, fair to say, uh, as me personally, I I haven't been involved in um, terribly many of those committee meetings, but um, clearly we need to um, do more in that space. It's interesting. Um... For, for those people who are wondering what the work of that committee might be, I mean, I, I think there are probably a couple of different categories. There'll be business as usual uh, because um, environmental issues, because health services are required to report on that activity, I think, annually. Uh, but there'll also be some things that are uh, driven by activities, such as refurbishment, rebuilding, and all, all that sort mm. of stuff, where input on mitigants um, will be will be really relevant. We know, I think, uh, Grant, from previous experience that when staff are consulted uh, at that early stage, um, they they have ideas and can actively meaningfully contribute to the, the design in a way that's more environmentally friendly. Yeah. Um, so there's that strong emphasis on, on uh, local engagement in the, the term. Um, I just wanted to go to um, subclause which has a, a range of elements and we'll just bring some of those up on on screen uh, about the doctors and, and employers supporting the development of local processes. Um, Grant, if I could take you to the, the first of those, integrating climate and environmental consideration considerations into evidence-based decision-making processes, which probably is an example of what we were just talking about. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think um, you know we there there's uh, if I take uh, the new Western Health Hospital, Footscray Hospital, yeah. as an example, um, that that um, what the doctors for the environment um, who have been consulted, um, well, there's, there's people from that group involved in the the building of that hospital, um, what they've been able to sort of um, give evidence of is the actual cost savings around um, sustainable practice, work practice and being able to say, well, you know, not only is this good for the environment, but it's actually good for the bottom line. So um, that's an example of, uh, of you know, um, of where uh, evidence-based, before, you know, this is before this cause existed, in fact, but um, evidence-based um, 
um, climate change discussions ha have had an impact on the building of a of a hospital. But yes, um, I think that's um, th that's an example, and 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 it's pretty clear. Um, you know, another example is the gases that anaesthetists use have, have you know um, quite a big impact on what well, mm. are 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 a, are a um, uh, high uh, impact. Uh, environmental gas. Um, so, uh, seeking alternatives to uh, to those to those gases is another thing that you know we're looking at. Um, so it's um, yeah, uh, I guess that's the the basis of that clause or the or, or what we want to see happen because you know clearly uh, businesses aren't going to change their uh, practices if they can't see. Um, uh, the evidence for making a good decision, making that sort of decision. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. So that that first sub clause, I like the fact that it's that that term integrate really stands out for me. Is it that it's not just something that's external; it's embedded. It's it's part of the process. But some of those factors that you just touched on are really reflected if we bring up sub clause B two, and A, B, and C, uh, and D, which talks about engaging um, with employees, including doctors, consulting over environmental sustainability, including possible mitigants, uh, recycling and waste reduction, better use of technology, healthy, sustainable buildings, infrastructure and materials. Really great example that you give about the engagement over the new uh, Footscray Hospital, uh, as well as the delivery of uh, health services. Um, but just in terms of that term, uh, I'm just noting that it's not limited to doctors, it's employees, including doctors. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's pretty important to, that everybody is included in these discussions. I mean, uh, you know, um, doctors are a, sm a smallish subset of everybody who works in the health system. So, um, you know, it's it's got, we've got to share that sort of that burden, if you like, for want of a better word. Yeah, and there's another element there. Uh, if, I, if we go to subclause three and bring that up on uh, screen, uh, which talks about uh, to implement change at the workplace level to achieve environmental sustainability objectives through local action plans as health services seek to move to 100% renewable energy by 2025. Just want to pick up on that reference to uh, the that 100% renewable energy by 2025 grant and just to give that a little bit of context. Yeah, uh, well, there is a commitment clearly from the Victorian government um, to that by 2025, um, sort of government uh, departments will be 100% renewable. Um, you know, we're only 18 months away from that. So um, if we're being generous, we, we might say two and a half years if we go to the end of 2025. But, um, yeah. you know, so clearly um you know um there's a there's a bit of there's a there's a lot of work to be done in that space before we get there i think um i, I think you've got some data around um what that looks like or how, how far, uh, yeah or how far a little bit of data. well to, to be fair with regards to the data it, it's not specific to the task so we'll just pull it up on screen the, the particular pledge which is um specific to uh, the whole of government operations, schools, hospitals, trains, trams, public services, to be 100% renewable by 2025. So that's the, the pledge. I couldn't find um, a, a progress report as to where that is up to. Um, the whole of the state, I believe, is at about 34%. 
Um, but that's going to be a different figure. That's going to be a lower figure uh, potentially than than the the government figure. But what's interesting about the thirty four percent is how quickly it's changing. Um, so it's not static. It is a figure that is on the move uh, as as such. Uh, Brent, I wanted to go to subclause three, uh, which we'll bring up on screen, and just talk to the issue of education. And so people can see the clause up on screen at the moment, which talks about, uh, has an acknowledgement about um, some of the education a doctor seeks to undertake and access entitlements, both for conference lead and CME, um, because the that education or climate might be relevant to a doctor's role. And also the really encouraging those sort of topics as part of education. Just tell me what was the thinking? Um, what were you seeking to cover off with those by, by by addressing education as directly as that? Yeah, well, I think um, we, as we've alluded to it, well, as said earlier, you know, there's a real link between. Um, you know, climate change and and global warming, because uh, um, if you like, uh, um, and health impacts. So um, we 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 thought it was important to have some a, something in the clause that um, would actually allow a doctor to spend um, some time in that space uh, and educate themselves around what that might look like. And you know, uh, particularly for doctors in training, I think where. Um, you know, the younger doctors are going to have much more, going to see much more of an impact on this, on their careers and, and on the the, the, uh, the patients that they're seeing um, in the next, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of their career. Um, you know, so we we felt that it's really important to, to, to that they have, they, they have knowledge around that. So it was mm. something that we could point to and say, here's something that you can, as a, as a um, doctor, you can go to your hospital and say, I want to go to this conference that's around, um, that, um, that has, you know, is, is focused on the health impacts of climate change. Uh, and, it, and it gives them, you know, something to point to, to say, oh, I can go. Because we, you know, in the past, uh, as we've already sort of alluded to, um, the link between um, a doctor's role and climate change that mm. some in some um, spaces has not been seen very clearly. Um, so we wanted to just sort of reiterate that we we do see a link and and it is useful for a doctor to to have some knowledge around that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and then also um, that might create more training. Um, in in that space as well, and 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 a better understanding and and a, and a higher understanding of what you know what might need to happen to mitigate against some of those um, some of those issues. I think um, uh, from 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 my perspective, um, one of the things that that it does is where something is emerging, where it's become more common. There's always a transition period where people might question the, the relevance. And spelling it out and connecting those dots just smooths that out a little bit and yep. removes that question a bit. And I yeah. think that's at some point it may no longer be required because it's accepted. But at the moment, it's still it's still something that's developing and developing very um, rapidly. Yeah. Um, Grant, I did want to talk about the the term which does go to um, engagement with with the association, and we'll we'll bring up subclause uh, four. And just in terms of how you see that, uh, how you see that operating um, in the context of both perhaps business as usual, but as well as redevelopment. 
Yeah, I think, well, I, I think um, the CISs that we get, so um, change impact statements, um, mm. we're seeing more and more of those um, that that sort of uh, do go to the impact, particularly if you know it's a it's a new build or a refurbishment. There there, there is definitely uh, a, a a part of those uh, statements that sort of highlight what they're doing around sustainability in the, in the change or why why it's going to be good for sustainability in the change. So um, I think from um, definitely from my perspective, but from um, the organisation's perspective, we we will be um, reaching out to health services to to highlight that that's something that should be happening. Um, mm. So from from our perspective, I think um, this clause gives us, I, I guess, a um, ability to be able to write to health services and you know talk about the clause and and what they're doing in the in the sustainability. Um, uh, area and have the, so for example writing to them and saying have you set up a committee or have you got a committee um, can you tell us about it can we maybe get an invite um, or get somebody uh, a doctor on on that committee which is what the committee of chairs um, representatives have already done but um, this allows us that, that's why I think that's from my perspective that's the importance of that part of that clause so it gives us the ability to to have that to start that conversation with a with a hospital who you know may or may, may we may not have heard of uh, or from in this space. It's and it's interesting because it's um I think people will be generally interested to have that conversation. It is a shared interest. Um, everybody is um, working in this space or undertaking some activity in this space, and there are commitments that apply and and, and so on. Uh, we were talking about the best practice employment commitment term before. And um, there is also the committee. Um, we've we've met a number of times, and we've got a we've basically got a set agenda, but certainly for this year. And we've covered off um, just in terms of environmental stuff. We've drawn that I think it was from the annual report grant from the department, which contains some information. So I might bring some of that up on screen. And it's sort of interesting. So I think um, that report was from about October of last year, which presumably means that we're about to get a new report. <laughs> um, but it's been interesting looking at, at some of those figures. So we've got the carbon planning, solar rating, new builds and greenhouse gas, gas emissions um, sort of highlights there, um, which includes a reduction for carbon from the previous year. Um, there's been a re release of an adaptation plan there's been uh, 2.87 million uh, on solar at 15 health services, which includes forensic care. Ratings, um, there are rating certificates for, for, different, uh, for different buildings, uh, something called a neighbours rating, which we'll go to in a minute, and uh, new builds. So I think Melton is uh, to be the first all-electric hospital powered by 100% renewable energy, according to that report. And but I wonder if anyone's else is uh, competing for that title. And greenhouse gas emissions reduction by fifty percent for office-based sources, but it was unclear from the annual report whether that included hospitals or was referring to uh, really the department, which would still have been affected by working from home uh, arrangements. So what does uh, neighbour? Um... 
What does that Which mean? Is, what does that stand for? So I didn't know this, I have to say, uh, before reading that report. So Neighbours rating is the National Australian Built Environment Energy uh, Rating System. Okay. That's a federal... Um, is that a, a federal um, standard or...? I believe so. Um, so effectively, it assigns a rating for certain things, um, energy and water being the two that are the focus in that annual report. Mm. Uh, so for uh, energy, the neighbours, the average neighbours energy rating for a Victorian public hospital was 3.8. Just to give that some context, Grant, that's in a circumstance where three is average and six is market leading. Um, so presumably, if that sort of renewable energy target is to be met, that 3.8 has to change, uh, and we'd be looking to see whether that's changed this year. So solar isn't included in that report, or yeah, there's there's some information uh, on solar in there. So it talks about um, uh, 8.7 gigawatt hours of electricity on 86 health facilities across 33. Uh, health services, but I think there was also, um, this is something I learned, that uh, the plural for, for solar panels seems to be called, uh, it seems to be an array of, uh, of, of health services, so they don't collect data from all of the solar arrays uh, that, are, that are installed. But for those who are wondering at home, uh, that the collective noun for solar panels is array. <laughs> Um, and uh, you referenced water earlier. Um, yeah. Is, is that subject to neighbours rating as well? It is indeed subject to a neighbours rating. So the neighbours, the average neighbours rating for public hospitals was 3.6, again, with three being average and six being market leading. So, yeah, not average, above average, uh, but clearly not market leading uh, either. I think probably what jumps out for me with those neighbours ratings is, is that it's an average. Um, and one of the things that our sector has a lot of is, is unevenness. Um, so presumably there are some people who are doing much better than that and some people who are doing demonstrably worse uh, as, as such. And uh, is paper and water usage included in that? Have I already... Yeah, there was some information about both of those things. So for water usage, uh, there was public hospital water uh, usage uh, declined by 5.5% uh, in a year. Uh, and that also follows a, is on the back of a decrease from the following, uh, from the previous year. Uh, in terms of paper, there was some information, but it was just a little unclear uh, in that there seemed to be um, some potential conflict. So. The last annual report put, stated that 49% of office-based paper consisted of 100% uh, recycled content, and 51% consisted of, uh, of you know, up to half recycled content. Um, but there was some other stuff around public health services, which gave some different figures, which sort of just um, made it unclear as to how uh, that more optimistic figure applied to health services. So it said. Paper use within public health services uh, said 95% of the paper was between zero and 49% recycled. And so that more favourable figure might be the department rather than the hospitals themselves. But again, probably demonstrates um, what is possible. There is that big disparity between those two figures, uh, having regard for the improvements that seem to be there at the department level. I guess there's a... Um... 
you know, the the paper issue is sort of another reason to go to sort of electronic records, isn't it? Like, um, uh, mm. <laughs> uh, as much as that causes some of our members some angst, um, yeah, uh, I guess that's another reason to go that go down that road. I would say one of several reasons uh, mm. to consider electronic medical records. Um, but it's interesting what that means. So that reduced paper use in, in uh, hospitals uh, came in at, at 4%, uh, which is, and just to, to give some context to that, that's more than 10 million sheets of paper. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the other issue, I mean, uh, health is a growing uh, area. Um, so I, I guess you have to put it in some context in the growth of if, uh, of uh, EFT. Um, wh wh how does the, how does that impact waste? It's interesting. So um, when you see a reduction in something like paper usage or water usage or, or anything else, um, that's not that's in the context of from one year to the next, you're still getting growth in the size of the sector. Um, so 4% sounds modest in the uh, in a reduction in terms of use of uh, paper. That's in the context of a growth in the sector of about 4.8%. Um, so that's that sort of uh, improves, uh, provides a slightly more optimistic uh, picture, I think. It's not that one year from the next that the sector was the same size, it got bigger, and yet still that there was that, um, there was that reduction. And so, given the last three or four years, um, there's clearly a, a, an increase in PPE um, um, as well. Um, is, is that yeah. is that taken into account? So we're sort of left to speculate on the issue of waste, um, waste for public holidays. Um, what public holidays? Public hospitals. Public hospitals. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, it's a public holiday tomorrow in Victoria. Yes. Um, public hospitals reduced um, by four and a half thousand tonnes, but the recycling rate um, uh, went went backwards from 28 to 26%. And in the annual report, I didn't see that there was a cause identified. But yeah, you do wonder what effect things like PPE um, might have had on, on that figure. Yeah, and what about transport? So transport is the interesting one um, in that um, there was material there on um, the department and it, the department seems to have uh, made great strides in terms of increasing its overall fleet efficiency by about 34% through electric and hybrid vehicles. I must say I'm in, in visiting hospitals when you go into the car park and you're starting to see banks of electric vehicles um, that are part of the hospital fleet. You can definitely see that that change is occurring. But um, um, yeah, transport is really one of those areas for potential improvement in a in a global sense. Um, you know, the emissions from electricity are reducing, but transport has been a bit stubborn. So it's it's really interesting to see that figure there for the department. Probably the, the one thing that's we've sort of talked about that data um, in in the BPEC so far. There'll be new data shortly. Um, which we might do a summary on, but probably the other thing we're we keen uh, to do together is to really get into some of the reports that the health services are publishing on their environmental performance and get a bit of a handle as to how that's progressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think um, it, it, it's really, it, this clause is really sort of focused the mind, I think, around this stuff and um, these reports 
as we talked about in bargaining, I think that the reports get written, and I'm I'm not sure what happens to them. So, um, you know, it's good it's good that um, that we're we're at least seeking that information and actually having a conversation. Again, it's about conversation. So, um, from my perspective, it, uh, you know, it's good for that to be front and center, and for us to to give ourselves the space to have the conversation. It's um it's really important, I think, just to have a knowledge of what's happening out there. Um, yeah. the, the, just uh, before we wrap up, the other thing I was thinking about when we we're talking about, um, you know, where this came from, um, it was an interesting um, experience for me when I said it came from the doctors in training. Um, and when I um, went, met with some of the senior doctors and had a couple of consultation meetings where I, you know, flagged that 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 this is a clause that we were looking to progress. Um, I felt I thought there might have been some pushback um, in, mm. in the in the in the sense that this is you know what why is this going to agreement? What's it got to do with our workplace rights and things like that? But um, I, I was really heartened to see to hear everyone got on board straight away. We had no pushback mm. from our membership. They went yes, that makes complete sense, and they were on board immediately in all of the meetings that we did. So for us, it was, you know, that was a really good signal that, you know, this clause was, it was important. And um, then I think it will, it will make a difference. Uh, that sounds, that's really interesting to hear. And um, at that point, you make about communication or engagement. Nothing happens without engagement. Uh, so, um, Grant, thank you so much for, um, for joining, uh, joining me today and to talk about those clauses and those important clauses, but also to give a bit of a background. I think people will find that really fascinating. So thanks so much for your time today. No problem. Thanks, Stuart.